0: Welcome back to the TFA Scouted Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scully, and in this podcast, we take a look at players and coaches that we believe have very bright futures in the game. In the last episode, we looked at one of the brightest sparks at the Under-20s World Cup and at the Under-20s AFCON tournament in recent months, a Gambian prodigy who is being linked with some of the biggest clubs in Europe right now, Adama Bojang. Today, though, we will be looking at a player who also stood out in the under-20s World Cup and one that is being labelled as the rightful heir to Sergio Busquets' throne. For those of a certain age, you may remember a technically gifted Argentine midfielder by the name of Fernando Redondo, a three-time UEFA Champions League winner across an illustrious career with Real Madrid and Milan. Well, it turns out his son Federico is pretty good at football too, and may follow the exact same path as his father, developing at Argentinos Juniors in Argentina before making the leap to Spain's top flight. Redondo is a deep-lying midfielder and is one of the best young holding players in the world, with a very similar play style to that of Barcelona icon and club legend Sergio Busquets, leading many to naturally believe that the Argentine is the perfect replacement for Edith Bulbo. In this podcast, we look at Redondo's style of play, strengths and weaknesses, while also having a discussion on whether Redondo has the ability to fill such colossal shoes at the camp now. To do so, I'll be joined by my host and TFA recruitment analyst, Brian Marquez, who has watched Redondo very closely over the past few months, as have I, of course. Before we begin, though, please make sure to rate the podcast. Five stars, hopefully. It's greatly appreciated and it helps us to grow the podcast and to get more and more excellent guests on. Just last week, we had Mamalodi Sunday on coach, Rolani McQuinnett, on the podcast, which was around 81 minutes long. But it's 81 minutes of an incredible learning experience with one of the brightest young minds in the game. So now, without further ado, let's get into our analysis of the talented midfielder Federico Redondo by speaking to Bryant. Bryant, welcome back to the TFA Scouted Podcast. How have you been? Hello, Adam. I've been really, really good.
1: It's not been so long since the last podcast. We we did a few. We did the episodes. We did the UEFA Champions League final. Yeah. So we are here back again. I'm really. I think this is the most excited I've been for a player in the podcast.
0: Mm -hmm. The number six position has always been my favorite in football I believe I said this as well during the the Maximo Peroni podcast and I said that it's the position I love the most in football but the most for me I have, I've always just in case anyone thinks I'm I'm being hypocritical the most exciting position is the wings I think wingers are the most exciting players because it's the only apart from scoring a goal the only things that can kind of get the crowd up off their feet is, a, a crunch and slide tackle and a winger taken on a fullback successfully so I think a winger is the most exciting position but for me a number six is my favorite because you can see so much of the game through the lens of a number six and I know I've referenced this a lot of times in the podcast as well there's that famous quote from Vicente del Bosque where he mentions you know if you if you look at Busquets you see the whole the whole game and he's true it's true in terms of Busquets because he's such an excellent player but I think when you watch a six in a team in general, you get a really good idea for the team's structure and strategy in general because of how the the manager wants the team to play. So, if, or, or you know, if they if the number six is dropping between the central defenders, or he's dropping out to the wide areas to play out wide things like that, it always gives you a good idea about what the head coach wants from his his players. So, I think as I said, when you watch a player such as like we're going to talk about Federico Redondo. You can see a lot about the, the team's structure and, and, and tactics. But that being said, Redondo isn't really a six because he plays as as a double six. But I think he has the potential to play as a lone six. But with Argentinos Juniors, he plays yeah. as a double six. I also think it's worth referencing. I mentioned this in the, in the introduction. His father is a three-time Champions League winner in uh-huh. the same position he did play for Real Madrid and and Milan. Obviously, if if Redondo leaves and goes to Barcelona, maybe they're... I'm not sure his dad would be overly happy. I'm sure he would be happy for his son. But I think his his father is a is clearly a wonderful teacher because, in my opinion, Brian and I get your thoughts. Now I think Federico is is an incredibly talented deep lying midfielder. Is that what kind of a what 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 do you label that that kind of player? Because I don't like saying defensive midfielder. I think that just has negative yeah, connotations of them being like a crunching player.
1: Yeah, I pivot. think we like to talk about Redondo and said and if you said something like he is a defensive midfielder, I don't really think so. You know, yeah, because he he's more than that. He mm. he's maybe a you can call maybe him a pivot, a deep playmaker. But yeah. I think he he he's kind of making his own path, like very unique. And it reminds me, well, obviously, I didn't watch him live, but I have watched him in replays and in highlights and all that. The unique way of playing football as his father, you know, because um, just the way they flow in the pitch and how the team flows because of them. And it's very, very elegant. We we're talking about a player that, as you said, can play as a lone six and he's playing as a double pivot. But the first thing you see on Redondo is that he's going to evolve into a lone six and he's constantly scanning off the ball. He's really good, like mm-hmm. his off the ball movements are, are really
0: clever. I don't know if you agree with me in that. Well, I, uh, as some people may know by now if you haven't go check it out by the time this podcast is published there will be a scout report a written scout report on the tfa website written by myself and it's of of course federico redondo and i i i kind of center the podcast in a way not comparing them to buskets a lot but i i do kind of well, yeah, I kind of alluded to it several times in the podcast, and there's also a section at the end to see if he can replace Busquets. But we'll get on to that later in the podcast. But what I mainly centred the scout report around is his scanning. I also have a quote in there from Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger said that you great players usually scan, I think it was six to eight times every 10 seconds. And good players was about, was a three or four? So he said, even that is like a. Mar- it it seems marginal, but it's a huge difference between greatness and and good, in terms of, you know what what information you're taking in and the quality of information that you're taking in. And from watching Federico Redondo, he takes in excellent information, but he takes in a lot of information too. He's constantly scanning. He's constantly aware of what's around him. There was one point, and I referenced it in the scout report where. He has his body orientation positioned for, because he because he's expecting a pass onto his right foot, allowing him to take the ball on the half turn and drive forward. But what ends up happening is, I think it's the left centre back plays it to him. The ball's bobbling and it's on his left foot, and we'd call that usually like a hospital pass because it's got a, it's going to put Federico in danger. But what he ends up doing is because he had already scanned, he already knows that the. The danger is there because he scans so many times, and he understands the entire pitch. He's able to maneuver his body to, to, to to play the ball back to the goalkeeper and and, and avert the danger, which is again comes from his not only his quick decision making, critical thinking, but also his his scanning because he's taken so much information in. But he scans so much, and I think, as you said, Brian, you know, you you love a midfielder that scans. Federico yeah. Redondo scans constantly there was one point even in the scout report where i i have two images showing him scanning twice in a second and it was less than a second at that so in terms of the ratio he's scanning seven to eight times every 10 seconds which is unbelievable for a player his age i clearly i don't know why but sometimes it comes naturally to players sometimes maybe his father had had put it in him from a young age his coaches etc it's always it's, it's always different but it's it's you know. There's not that many young players or young midfielders that scan that many times. Yeah, it's
1: unbelievable to see a player of his age scanning so much and the mm. off-the-ball movements. Like when he's playing as a DM, as a lone six, not not as a lone six, but in, a, in the double pivot he plays in, he obviously is a player that goes the more deep to get the ball. And when he does that, he does in a really good way. He moves from side to side, trying to support players to Hmm. be a restarting option for the possessions and to be every single time a possible and simple passing lane for his teammates to then switch the ball, keep the ball. And even what I really like about Redondo is this, um, you know, this is a very Argentinian thing in in Hmm. midfielders, even in, in deep. Midfielders like Enzo Fernandez, Mm -hmm. the way of joining the attack and like um, getting higher on the pitch. He doesn't join the attack like getting into the box or being a box to box midfielder. No, but I'm talking about dynamizing possessions with one twos, you know, one two touches, Mm -hmm. playing with the player on the wing. And he has the capacity even to go to the wings, receive the ball there. And create plays with other players because he exchanged channels constantly. He tries to break lines, stretch the opposing block. And it's really, really good to see, like, the dynamism of a midfielder. Because you, we have seen so much Lonsics in the in this uh, era of football, in these mm-hmm. ages of football. Like, they're only playing on the central channel, you know? and they can go to the half spaces in the you know a little bit uh, lower in the field but, but redondo is a bit different about that he likes to get in tight spaces to keep playing quick the play trying to receive the ball going wide then going into the central channel again i mean um argentina's juniors in my opinion plays a little bit with functional principles and they go from side to side so redondo mm-hmm. is very intelligent to do that to play him going and support one side and another and in, in manipulating tight spaces to play there and if we talk about his off the ball movements we obviously have to talk about as he does on the ball because he's amazing well, can, know, can, can, he... I,
0: can i just jump in there with something in terms of yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, the ball because one thing I noticed by when watching him is how many times he tries to, or not, not that he tries to, he, he's quite successful at it. But he has a wonderful knack, and I don't mean to make the podcast again about comparing him to Busquets because the development isn't linear. He he may become a different player in years to come. He may not fulfil his potential. He may become better. Who knows? But it's similar to Busquets in terms of Sergio Busquets has this wonderful ability to be able to trick the opposition just using his body. So you almost like fake to play out wide and then you just play a little reverse pass in centrally. Paul Scholes, another player who was a genius at doing that and Xavi as well, of course. But Redondo, numerous times when I watched him, looks to, to, he orients his body, positions his body to kind of play it out wide to the right centre-back who's advancing or the wing-back or whoever's there. And then the opposition player will start to move out towards the player who he believes is going to receive the ball. And knowing this, Redondo waits for that little movement and then just slipped it in behind that player into a winger or whoever has dropped. And I think that's really intelligent, but he knows what he's doing. It's not just, a, it's not, a. it's not, um. it doesn't come from a place of, of just, of just, playing quick on his feet or, or or you know something like that he's he's genuinely he knows what he's doing he he almost sets that trap for the opposition and i think that's quite interesting especially for such a young guy he he his reading of the game is so rapid but i really respect that i think and as i said it's really similar to the trait that sergio busquets has but getting back to your point just as we're touching on off the ball movement Something that's a little different, and he doesn't, He do, Redondo doesn't strike me in terms of his physicality as the type of player that would be able to play in advanced positions, but he kind of does. Like, especially when you look at his heat map, it's very, there's a lot of, of density in the the opposition's half, and especially in the final third, because he kind of pushes up in that right half space a lot to link up players, you said. he He's not overly effective there, though, is something that I found. Is that, I mean, of course, you, you, you may have a different opinion, but for me, I, I think he's so much better in deeper areas. So I understand he's maybe given that license by Gabriel Melito, the Argentinos juniors manager and, of course, former teammate of Xavi and Busquets. But, you know, for me, he's much better in deeper areas because when he goes forward, he's not really effective. And sometimes he's just forward to help link up play. He doesn't really score. He doesn't really get assists. He's... I don't want to call him clunky. Maybe he's good for like direct balls. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think he... I know it's because he plays in a double pivot that you're given a bit more license to get forward than if you were playing as a six. But for me, I don't really like when he when he goes further forward because I think he's kind of wasted.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I really like when, when a player does this, but it's true that Redondo is not a through passer. He's not going to find a teammate in behind mm-hmm. or something like that. And he doesn't show, like, this brave and aggressiveness uh, at an attitude to, to take a shot. And it's maybe because it's not his game. Yeah, he, he has the license to go up, and he likes to link up and make one-two-touch uh, plays and passes. But for me, he's not the kind of player, as I said, like a box-to-box midfielder, you know, like, Getting into the into the edge of the penalty area or mm-hmm. even inside to shoot to to make through passes. I think if you watch Redondo even five clips, you already know that Redondo is going to be a positional six. Like yeah. he's going to play in a team that plays positional football as a lone six. You absolutely know. Yeah, that. I guess I, I I I
0: fully understand that because it's when I watch him, I feel like it's. It's that type of Rodri Busquets player playing in an advanced yeah. position. And it kind of it, it, it doesn't sit right with me or something. I don't know why. Look, of, he just looked out of place.
1: Yeah, the, the, maybe the only difference with, with those players at this moment is, and even his physicality for me is very similar to Busquets. And I think the difference is with Rodri, that he's a, a little bit big and he, mm-hmm. he he can be more strong in duels and all that. The good thing of, of Busquets is. Somehow he doesn't get into duels, but he wins the ball. Did, Busquets obviously is a unique example of football and a unique yeah. footballer we have seen these ages. But Redondo, in 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 that sense, for me, when he, I think he's going to arrive to Europe very soon, very very soon, and I think he's it's going to be that style. And back to the point of the on the ball um abilities. He handles a very high range of passes, mm-hmm. and I really like what I really like of Redondo is his sensitive first control. Like his, it is a soft touch, keeps it tied to the foot, very close, and in, in he carries a lot of intelligence in his decision making. Like he recognizes when he needs to pause possessions, and as well as to progress less or more. And what, what I'm talking about is you can progress directly, you know, to the wings or with a mm-hmm. player in the half spaces that is very close to the edge of the box. But he knows how to progress like step by step. You know, he gets the ball, plays with the fullback, gets the ball again, plays with another midfielder, gets the ball, and then he progress highly. And this is very good because he's not this player who needs to slow down the tempo a little bit. Like, his direct, mm-hmm. direct, direct. We talk about column Doyle. Weeks ago, like, he was a little bit too vertical. And Redondo, for me, just knows the tempo. He, he manipulates them. And I wrote in Twitter, like a week ago, that everything flows around Redondo and his yeah. team. If he touches the ball, things are going to be fluid and the options are going to be fine. And, um, you know, his dad is one of the most elegant players in the world, in the history of football in this last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And his executions are really, really refined and elegant. He finds close players between the lines and long and, you know, I
0: think he has to improve a little bit in these long passes. I agree. This is what I was going to say to you. He's very... I understand, like, he keeps the ball incredibly well. He takes such good care of it, and his reading of the game is wonderful. But, I don't know, it's like, there were some examples where he hit a switch of play and it worked out. And I just thought... Yeah. I think it was one in, like, five or six matches, and I'm probably being slightly exaggerative or tongue-in-cheek, but it, it felt like they were... Extremely rare at that, but he has a decent passing range. I would like to see it a bit more because, while you know, it's something you have to get used to. Because simply, he's he, as you said, he's built for a positional play team. We believe, anyway, you know, at a possession based side that are going to dominate the ball from game to game, that are going to be facing mid to lo- mid to low blocks constantly. Being able to switch the play from flank to flank is going to be such a vital tool for him to have. It's it's not enough that he's just comfortable with the ball and he takes care of it. He all, and he sets the tempo and that's wonderful, but he needs to be able to also switch the play because then the opposition will fall yeah. to one side. Then he gets it back. He switches it quickly out to the isolated winger, for example. That's really important, and it's not really something he does. So if I was to to bring up one area he needs to improve, I think it's fair that we say it's yeah, that possible. because the other area is yeah. his speed. He's, <laughs> Yeah, he's other areas and I don't yeah, but I don't think speed's his fault. If he's not you can't just get faster, yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's it's kind of it's it's a weakness, so it's not an area to improve. I think speed speed is something that he is weak at. So that's why I think sometimes if he was playing maybe next to a player that was a bit more of a what we'd call a, a water carrier, or if he was playing as a six with two players in front of him, it would be a little bit easier. You know, yeah. because he's he wouldn't have as much defensive responsibility. So if you see at Argentinos Juniors when they're attacking high up the up the pitch, when they lose the ball and he has to step up into the final third, if he's in a foot race with it with, with the player he's marking, it's over unfortunately. Because if he's yeah. caught out high up the pitch, he's not going to recover his position because he is quite slow. So I think it'd be a little bit probably better for him to be in a deeper position where he doesn't have to step that far up the pitch. But again, Busquets wasn't fast. You know, yeah, it's but, all about but, reading. But the of thing
1: the game. I, I was going to say,
0: yeah, yeah we were
1: been hearing for ages, like, well, but Busquets is so slow and this and this and you know, yeah, he's a weakness. He can't do anything with that weakness because he's is you can do anything. Like if you're not tall or you're, or you're short or you're, you know, if you're not fast, but even Redondo not being fast, it impressed me when he picked the ball and carries a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, he uses his long legs in this one very good because he tries to give long touches and he gets the ball again with his long legs and he, he really wants to keep the ball. Like, he he's fighting for the ball and he he can have thousands of rebounds when he carries the ball like the rival player just touch the ball but he keeps tries to keep the ball unless that's really really good but yes i think um back to the point with the long passing i i I wanted to make a point like you know redondo switches the play playing short like he gets the ball plays with one player and then switch the ball with a ground pass you know Mm -hmm. and but i think it's the he has to work on this because in positional size, when they are usually in high blocks, this long ball, this switch, the switch to the isolated winger is a very, very key one. So he has to work on that because you obviously have to keep adding passes to that high range. I didn't actually he think has. about
0: that against the high press. That's a good point. Yeah, but I don't think Redondo is
1: a, like a Fabinho in no. that style, like Fabinho is very good at this long, long mm-hmm. ball in behind to the foot of the of the wingers that are, are not isolated, but in 1v1 situations. He, you know, he's, he's a player that likes to stay the ball very calm, on the ground, and he finds the right moments to progress. But yes, in some occasions you have to be a little bit direct, against the high press, you have to be, you have to use different resources to break the lower blocks and the long mm-hmm. balls, maybe like, this one, the, the, this, this so typical one in positional size, the switch of play to the isolated winger, normally it's a long ball. You know, and he has to, to really um, improve on that, but I don't think it's going to be, I thing that European club said, "Okay, he doesn't have. He he has to work on the long passing. We are not going to sign him. You know, he yeah, has
0: yeah. a thousand of big things to to keep showing." Well, let's talk about his future then before we wrap up the podcast. I think, I, I I'm I'm going to be careful what I say here because I don't. want to, I mean, obviously, I would imagine Xavi is aware of Redondo. We don't exactly yeah. know what Barcelona's budgetary limitations are. Is that, is that a correct term this summer? Because they're in a sticky financial situation, I think it's fair to say. But is the would there be a more perfect transfer this summer than a player who was coached at international level by Javier Mascherano, who has a similar playing style to Sergio Busquets, and then is then coached by Gabriel Melito, a former Barcelona player, teammate of, of of Xavi and Busquets as well. Is there, I mean, it, doesn't, it seems like it's written in the stars. I think if this, if, yeah. just, if this deal doesn't go through, I mean, if he goes to a different club, I, I think I'll be genuinely good and devastated. It, it seems too perfect for it not to happen. But obviously football doesn't work like that. In my opinion, though, I do think, I, I mean, it seems obvious and, and boring, but I do think Barcelona's a good move for him if they can afford him. We have no idea what the price tag would be. There's been no reports about a price tag. I tried to search it. You can find a transfer market value, but on, on, of course, transfer markets, but you know, respectfully, I'm not too sure how how accurate that information is. Brian, do you think there's other clubs that redondo would sue perfectly to transition, you know, or to, to make that next step in his career? Because ultimately I think it would be devastating now for him to move to a decent club but not get played you know I don't I don't see him
1: in the Premier League not right now and even in in his long-term future like I don't really think Redondo is a Premier League player Mm -hmm. obviously I agree so much with you he's reading the stars to if you are working in the scouting team of Barcelona you know Redondo has to be the the Busquets replacement he's gestures yeah. and his physicality and his way his technique is so similar to Busquets one he's even
0: slow yeah he has the same weakness yeah but sorry yeah. So, just before you go on I actually forgot to mention this because I said this off air I thought I said it on air I didn't in terms of um his his weight there's only I think a pound in it in terms of their weight and their height is the exact same. The fact that they have literally the exact same physical build, the exact same weaknesses <laughs> and strengths is mind-boggling. Yeah, okay, it's like, it's like it, a, it, a, it, a regen it's... on a regen on FIFA. Yeah, it's a regen
1: on FIFA or, or in Football Manager. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but I think there is one team that really calls me. Um They are playing positional football, and they are focusing very very well on the six, and it's yeah. Xavi Alonso's via Leverkusen.
0: Yeah, but I, th- th- yeah, it's a good, it's a good
1: choice. It, it's a good choice, but I think the league is going to ask him to be a little bit more direct, mm-hmm. so maybe he has to work on that if he signs for that club. And what a better it's coach to really, you know, play under as well than a, a, a guy
0: who was unbelievable yeah. in that position.
1: He's going to be coached again a guy who was unbelievable in that position mm-hmm. that is Spanish. You know, it's it's the type of connections, but I really think he can play there and he could this could be a really good first step for him. But I think this is the first player that we're doing on the podcast that I'm sure he has to be that he has to be know that but I'm sure he can make the move to a big team like Barcelona right now. Yeah. You know, from from a league that, from as Argentina to making that big move for, I think if we have done a podcast on Julian Alvarez, we were we were talking about we will talk about that as well. Like he's ready to that big move. Yeah, we we, we did move. one on
0: on Maximo Perone, but he had moved yeah. to City, so it doesn't really yeah, count
1: straight to to City. And this is, I think, a player that I'm really sure he can make that big step. Yeah. maybe he has to adapt in the first days like like everyone, but I, I generally think he his his talent and his potential and he how what he does right now is totally capable of making that move to a big league not only Barcelona but if other teams, big teams I don't know Bayern, even PSG, Paris and I'm talking about Paris and Germanyy if they go for a movement, for a move with, for, what for about Ajax?
0: even Ajax. yeah, it's an Alvarez mate. Well, yeah, it's an Alvarez mate even this
1: summer. So, yeah, I think he he has the the talent and the mm. presence
0: right now to to go to a really big team. Yeah, well, for those listening, of course, if you haven't watched Redondo, please do check him out. Not Fernando, I mean Federico, of course. Please do check him out. We believe thoroughly that he will be, that he will make the next step to a really big team in the summer. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what that team is because we think he's good enough. He's a truly, truly wonderful player, the type of player that my, Brian and I absolutely adore watching. There's a scout report on the TFA website. There, there's, I, I believe, this, there's the the Scouted um, magazine as well. Is he in that? No, 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 he's not. Oh, thank he's God. All right, because I was going to say that's kind of overkill. But anyway, we have a scout report on the TFA site and we have the TFA Scouted podcast as well. So please do uh, check it out and check out those, the, the, check out the, the scout report on the site as well, because you know I've, it's written by yours truly and I put, I put some good work into it. So I really appreciate if you, if you uh, would give it a quick read. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really enjoyed this episode. And to all the listeners at home, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Make sure to tune in on Friday for another regular episode of the TFA podcast. Also make sure to rate the podcast too and share it with your followers, friends and family as it really helps us to grow. Thank you all for listening and goodbye for now.